This is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Flint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers Mike Vendee's joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? Well, that's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weights. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, our guest here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandel, our guest here. Jason Walker. Deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show. Broadcasting from the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Here's Jason Walker. Happy Friday. It is, I think, right? Jason Walker Show, Major Mortgage Man Cave. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. And for joining us every uh, every weekday from 4 to 5. All right, so you're watching live on Facebook and Twitter. And also on YouTube, you're listening live every weekday. Here we go. Uh, you're listening live on Podbean, Network One Sports, TreasureStateRadio.com, and a lot more. And uh, another big show coming up today. We are going to continue the dialogue on race relations. Former Providence men's basketball coach and also current Columbia Basin men's basketball coach Anthony Owens will join us. Good friend of mine over the last, uh, I guess, six years. And uh, he will join us to uh, continue this discussion on race relations, especially in the state of Montana. We are also uh, have on this day in history. Tell you what's coming up next week. A lot more coming up. Um, but we're going to start today with um, our first guest, who will join us here in just a couple of minutes, because uh, we all know about Drew Brees and his statements that. Uh, he came out with this week. He's apologized twice. And if you do not know what I'm talking about, Drew Brees said that he will never um, understand and support anyone who kneels during the national anthem. Um, he's had, it, it's just, I, I reached out to um, a reporter I know and discussed uh, having her come on the show. She works down in New Orleans. She covers the Saints. And I wanted to get her thoughts and get the story from New Orleans uh, about Drew Brees and how it, I mean, it, it, it still goes with what's going on in the world today, and especially in the United States of America. Yes, it deals with race relations. And here's a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface, I should have done this yesterday, but I'm going to preface today's show too with, if you can't handle hearing what we're discussing, then you probably shouldn't follow this show. And it's sad. Ife College, I absolutely nailed it yesterday. Anthony Owens is going to nail it today. But if you guys can't handle hearing this stuff, then don't, don't follow the show. Don't listen today. 
And that's on you. That's that's straight up on you. I won't use names, calling, any of that stuff, but that's on you guys. If you can't handle hearing from the black community on this show, then you shouldn't be listening to this show. So, just my thoughts. But to uh, join us on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline uh, with the thoughts on Drew Brees and much more. It is a, a great reporter. Uh, she used to work at the Missoulian, covered the Grizz for a long time. Her name is Amy Just, and she joins us now here on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline on the Jason Walker Show. All right, Amy, first off, I uh, appreciate you joining us. I haven't talked to you, I guess, since, like, Big Sky Media Days, like, I don't know, three years ago. But you're kicking yeah. butt down there in, uh, in the Big Easy right now. Yeah, for, for those of y'all that don't know or have been living under a rock the past three years, I don't cover coast football anymore. Yeah. Uh, I left in October 2018 to cover LSU, and then I got laid off in – May 2019, and I've been covering the Saints since uh, July of last year. So well, I've been might, gone for almost two years now. Well, Crazy. one might say that that's a, that's a uh, step up going from the LSU Tigers to the New Orleans Saints. Oh, for sure. I didn't feel like I was ready yet, though, because I accepted that job when I was 24. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been great, you know, blessings in disguise for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, been a, a hard couple of years for, for different reasons, yeah, but. Yeah. Which we're not going to and now it's, about. No, 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 definitely not. Hey, uh, Amy just joining us. Uh, NOLA.com is where you can read her stuff, um, including the latest about Drew Brees. And, you know, this is big in today's, um, with what's going on across the country, he came out and said, look, he, he will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag, going back to the Colin Kaepernick days. Um, a lot of backlash, Amy, and then he came out and apologized yesterday. What's the the last couple of days basically been like down there in New Orleans with this this story? Yeah, it's so backtracking a little bit here. Drew has had this opinion and has shared it for years. He came out and was against uh, Colin Kaepernick's method of protesting back when he first started protesting in 2016. So, you know, this is not anything new uh, for people who were surprised. Um, you know, this is a stance that he's had forever. Um, he, you know, doubled down on that statement in 2017 um, after Trump came out and called athletes who protest during the national anthem SOBs. Um, he came out and uh, said that, you know, I don't agree with protesting during the anthem, but the president can't say that. That's the unbecoming of the office. Um you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so, again, not new. Um, for those of you who've seen the picture of Drew kneeling, um, it's a little misleading because in 2017, after Trump had those comments, the entire Saints team banded together and kneeled together before the anthem for a game 
uh, in London in 2017, and then they all stood up together linking arms for the anthem. So that wasn't during the anthem. It's been kind of taken out of context, but still, anyway. Right. So what's surprising to me about it is that Drew decided that this week was an appropriate time to double down on that comment. And, you know, whether you believe it and agree with him or not, as many of his teammates and other other professional athletes in the NBA, the NHL, NFL, everywhere, um, have said not the time and not appropriate. And several of his teammates came out against it against what he said, too, and we're like, you just don't get it. And Drew has uh, given two apologies. Uh, he gave out a really long statement yesterday morning, and then last night he posted a short video to Instagram of himself talking into the camera, which, in my opinion, was a much better apology, just because it took more, I don't know, you, an apology means more when you can actually see the person giving it instead of just reading words. Right. It feels a little more human, you know? Uh, but yeah, so they had a team meeting yesterday. Apparently it went for an hour and the only thing they talked about was Drew Brees' comments and the, uh, and the events of the last week to 10 days. And apparently it was emotional. Um, don't know too many more details about that, but I have to believe that that was a very moving meeting. Um, just knowing the the makeup of the locker room and if Drew truly wants to be uh, apologetic for his comments, I can't imagine just how emotional emotional that was. Amy just joining us, NOLA.com uh, staff sports writer. This is a tough time in America for anybody, you, me, that's not black, to make statements or have opinions. And Drew Brees has had this opinion, like you said, for four years. He also, though, you know, Charles Barkley said last night on TNT, look, the vitriol towards Drew is way uncalled for and over the top because this is a guy who has been a community leader since Hurricane Katrina days. I mean, let's go back more than, what, almost a decade and a half now. And this guy has been a community leader for New Orleans, for the state of Louisiana. And it's like, you know, Charles Barkley said it himself. He's getting run through the ringer for no reason. What's your opinion on that? Yeah. So when people are emotionally moved by something, uh, like a lot of people were by his comments, um, which, you know, they upset a lot of people because when he said so the words that made people really angry so he said a lot of things uh, in that interview uh, with Yahoo Finance um, the, the sentence that made people the most angry was quote I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag or the United States of America in our country um, end quote. So the thing that made people the most angry was that he threw the word never in there and they interpret it as he will never hear them out. He will never understand what he will never want to understand why they're protesting. And that's what made 
his teammates and others in sports and, frankly, the world so mad was because Colin Kaepernick, whether you agree with him or not, was very vocal about the reasons why he protested in the manner that he did. Mm-hmm. He was not protesting the he was not protesting the flag. He was not, you know, doing it in defiance of veterans. He actually sought out a veteran's opinion as to what way to best protest. Uh, because the first game, he just sat on the bench and didn't acknowledge it at all. Um, but he got some advice from a Green Beret who said, no, you should kneel, and that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. So, for and that was six years ago now. So, for the message to not sink in as for why these athletes are protesting, you know, because they want to make this country better and, you know, end systemic oppression and police brutality, so that's why people were so upset is because four years later, he still doesn't get it. He still doesn't understand what Kaepernick was doing. And back then that was a, a popular opinion, right? right. To, to be against uh, Kaepernick's method of protesting. Um, but so much has changed. Also, so little has changed in the past four years, but, the public sentiment has really shifted, especially right now when we're in a very, uh, you know, this is a historic moment for America yep. uh, in multiple ways, right? Yep. Um, and so to, to have, to share that statement again right now, the timing wasn't great. But he seems to want to do the work, as he said in his multiple apologies yesterday, but only time will tell. And... We'll see what happens. Amy, he's had uh, some support from teammates of uh, color. Demario Davis came out. Michael Thomas both came out and said, look, they accept his apology. Let's focus now on the movement of, you know, hashtag George Floyd. And is that how what we're going to see as a Saints team moving forward? And really with the NFL moving forward this year and, and with the protests and with the riots, because, look, they want to be together and Drew, like I said earlier, he's a heck of a leader, not only for the team, but for the city and for his teammates that are black to come out and support his apology. That's got to kind of quell the situation a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Because before he uh, issued that first apology, it was, you know, almost 24 hours, 22, 20 hours, if you want to be, you know, on the nose with it, mm-hmm. that he didn't say anything. You know, after that, and people were mad. You know, I have never seen, and again, I'm 25. I've never seen so many players come out against their own teammate, an active teammate, so quickly and so angrily. Uh, I've never seen that before. Uh, not to say it wasn't warranted. You know, it's not listening to your teammates and not listening to their emotions. Not not great, no matter what it's about. Um, but so in that moment, when Malcolm Jenkins comes out and posts these two emotional, raw videos uh, telling the stories of his grandfather, who yeah. served in World War II, um, I, you know, I, I honestly thought for a minute, like, is, is he done? 
can he come back from this? Like, will his teammates ever trust him again? Um, you know, a lot changes very quickly when he, you know, announces those apologies and Michael Thomas and Cam Jordan and Demario Davis all said they accepted his apology, but they also said they were still disappointed by his original words right. and they're going to hold him accountable. And I think that's the, the important part because if Drew stays accountable to his teammates, I think things will be fine. If he just let those apologies be lip service to try to appease fans and, you know, the bottom line, frankly, his, his teammates aren't going to stand for it. and They're going to call him out on it again. Final quick question. Will, I mean, Drew has been, like I said, going back to Hurricane Katrina in, what, 2005, Drew's been so good for the community and the black community. Will this heal quickly? Not his teammates, I don't think, the community. Yeah. So during the protest last night and the night before, in New Orleans, uh, there was a, a fraction of those protesting who chanted, you know, F Drew Brees, using the real word, of course. Right. Um, and people were hurt. People felt like their leader, one of the biggest names in New Orleans, isn't listening to them. Right. And so they may have accepted his apology. They may not. But in order for him to gain their trust back, he has to put his money where his mouth is. And now that's something he's done so many times before. He helped build or rebuild New Orleans after Katrina and has done several things financially with his foundation and other charities around New Orleans, most recently, he and his wife donated $5 million to the affected communities of Louisiana due to coronavirus. $5 million. That was one of the biggest donations by any person, sports or not, during that time when people were donating all their money. I mean, that's five times more than the owner of the Saints and the Pelicans donated. $5 million. Mm. So he, he knows that action means more than words, but he's so, his profile is so elevated that even though actions mean more than words, his words rang loud. They were so loud. And you can't undo the past. You cannot put the words back in the toothpaste bottle. Like it, it right. doesn't work that way. But, and what he can do to have this, you know, change his legacy is to turn it into a positive. You know, be an ally for the black community and listen to them. You know, some of his teammates do listen and learn with the community. He needs to be a part of those and help either financially or with legislation like some of his teammates have done. Um and just be there and be willing to do the work. And if he does that, you know, this will always be a part of his story now, but how big of a part of his story will it be? And that's up to him. Amy, good work, good coverage. Enjoy reading uh, your stuff at NOLA.com. Keep up the uh, great work. Hopefully you've got a season to cover with the Saints this year. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us.
Yeah, thanks for having me on. That is uh, Amy Just joining us on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline reporter at NOLA.com. Uh, wrote some great stuff for the Grizz for a couple of years and uh, now covering the uh, the Saints of New Orleans. Her thoughts and really inside info there from what's going on because she covers the New Orleans Saints. She knows Drew Brees. She knows these teammates of his that have come out and either most of them have you know, accepted his apology. They just want to learn. They want to, you know, everybody wants to learn and teach together. And that's, I think, the positive. We're going to take a break. When we come back here, Jason Walker Show, um, we're going to check in with Columbia Basin men's basketball coach, uh, Anthony Owens. He used to coach up at the University of Great Falls and the University of Providence. And uh, we're going to get his thoughts on, on what's going on across America um, this week and last. So as we enter, uh, you know, the almost the second week, uh, almost the third week now, of uh, protests after the uh, tragedy to the death of George Floyd. All right, we're coming right back. Jason Walker Show here, and Anthony Owens next. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the major mortgage team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major mortgage is a division of MCAT Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Father's Day is coming fast, and what more would that great dad in your life want than a full detail from Auto Concepts? Or maybe he would just prefer a lift kit. It's also camping season, and now is the perfect time to outfit that rig with a winch just in case. Auto Concepts is your home for everything for your vehicle, including updating your car stereo system, too. Auto Concepts also has gift certificates for dad or yourself. Visit AutoConceptsHelena.com. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Dinner's Done Right is open and ready for you to stop in and stock up for the summer. How does a Big Sky Flank Steak sound or a Sage Roasted Pork Loin? June's menu also includes a Parmesan tilapia and a variety of fantastic chicken cuisines and more. And if that's not enough, Dinner's Done Right's Grab and Go Soup Salad and Nacho Bar is back as well, with one exception. The delightful staff now will make it for you. And don't forget deliveries to Bozeman and Great Falls on select days. 
Stop in at 1212 Cedar Street in Helena or visit dinnersdoneright.com. Junior's Anniversary Month at Rutgers Furniture, and you won't believe the savings you'll find on the largest selection of home furnishings in Helena. At Rutgers, you'll find sofas, sleepers, recliners, reclining sofas, leather, bedroom, dining room, occasional tables, entertainment consoles, Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in town, and more. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. For great values on new looks for your home, shop the anniversary sale at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Welcome back, Jason Walker Show. On a finally Friday on this day in history still to come, there's some great news about one big rodeo coming up. I'll tell you about that here in the Major Mortgage Man Cave as well. But uh, I want to get right into it. Our uh, next guest on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline is going to uh, join us via the Zoom, and I believe we have the whole thing working today, so... Um, let's try. I got to try to figure this out. Let's do this. And we got to move you over. So I got to close this. I don't know what I'm doing. I just want to know that Coach Anthony Owens is standing there and sitting there. And, Coach, how are you? Good to yourself. I am doing great. Hey, we got Zoom working. This is awesome. <laughs> I know you deal with this every day, but you're also, you know, a thousand miles away. So I can't. Yes. <laughs> hey, how how are things at uh, Columbia Basin? Uh, you know, they're they're pretty good right now. I've only been here 26 days, and uh, well, I've only been in uh, Tri Cities for four days. So. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how many have you had any meetings with your team yet? Do you do they even know who their coach is? They do. We've had a couple of Zoom meetings. Uh, I, I kind of talk to them probably once or twice a week, uh, minus this last week and a half that I've been moving. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, we, we, we meet uh, at least once or twice a week. That's good. Anthony Owens joining us, the former – were you ever a Providence coach? For Was it the what, like your last year was at Providence, or were you always UGF? Uh, I, my last years were, my last two years were Providence. That, okay. All right. So I can say former, I'll just say former Argo coach and current Columbia Basin coach Anthony Owens joining us. You spent though uh, a couple of years coach, um, was it a recruiting like with a academy? No, I was coaching at a uh, prep school. Okay. So what we did, we were recruiting uh, kids from international uh, places and bringing them to the States and uh, trying to get them off to universities. That is, uh, and you did that because I kept seeing your uh, your posts. But, uh, Coach, the reason you're on today is um, what's been going on the last, I guess, almost two full weeks across the country, and really a couple hundred years across the country. Let's be honest, if if we you know want to. And I, I had Ife Kalajai on, who you know well, played at Carroll and um, torched you a couple of times, but when um, <laughs> you were with the Argos, but. He did really well yesterday, and I reached out to guys that I know of color because of my friendship. I don't want to lead this discussion like yesterday with Eve. I want you to lead in the dialogue. I want to listen and learn. And let's start with, I guess, your thoughts on the last two weeks here in the United States. Well, you know, the last two weeks have been, um, it's been, I don't know, the uh, the feelings have been, different um you know at times you're 
you're happy about uh, when you watch and see how the, the you know our world is coming together. Uh, but then you know at the same time, same breath, you sit and watch um, a police officer do what he did to George Floyd, and and uh, it leaves you at you know kind of uh, I don't even know what the word is disappointed. Uh, you know, it's all kind of emotions that comes with that. As a black man in America, um, this isn't the first time we've seen this. You know, um, George Floyd is not the first. He probably won't be the last, unfortunately. And we still haven't seen significant change. How can we get this, Coach? How can we get the change we need? You know, for me, uh, and you know, the, the, the ride in and protesting, I think uh, the protesting piece, I think, really is helping uh, because it's coming from every state in the country. Um, you know, but I think the biggest, if you want to have change, you're going to have to change the system. It's, you know, the way the system's set up, um, we can get upset all we want, you know, with this, like the, these guys still have to go to trial. Uh, and there's a chance that they might not get the uh, sentencing that they should get. And until the system changes where to, you know, where they have independent people come in and, and investigate police, police departments, police officers, um, you know, until something like that happens, until police officers who are, you know, sworn in to protect and serve are held to a higher standard than the regular civilian. I don't, I, I don't see a whole lot of change happening. Um, you know, we can go through this whole protest again and, and maybe they do change the constitutional rights and they do, you know, this and that. And, and, and everybody says there's equality, but until those things happen, I, I don't see a whole lot of change because at the end of the day, the only reason that this is a conversation now is because it's, it's being recorded. Uh, if, if this hadn't been recorded and, and then this conversation still would be something that people are not comfortable talking about and willing to talk about. You were in Montana a long time, uh, Coach Anthony Owens, our guest here, Jason Walker show. Did you experience racism firsthand in Montana? Uh, I did, uh, in different, um, you know, when I was at University, University of Great Falls slash University of Providence, I think that the people at University of Great Falls and Providence treated me uh, unbelievable uh, as a student, uh, as a, you know, the, the leadership that hired me tr- treated me unbelievable as a, as a worker. Um, you know, but the problem is, is you got to step outside those, uh, that campus at some point. And when you do that, um, you just have people who are not very educated, who are ignorant, and 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 you're going to have that. And I had a couple cases where I'd had, um, you know, dads or who did not appreciate or want me to date their daughters, and you know, and I was in situations to where um, I was told those things, and and um, you know, at that time you're young. It is hurtful, but you, you just move on. You know, I'm from the South. I I know um, uh, my mom raised me, single mom. She raised me understanding that, you know, there's no such thing as equality. And, and what you need to do is go through the world, learn how to survive, and be respectful. And, 
and that's that's what I did when I was in in Great Falls and in, in Montana. Uh, and and uh, Montana, it's a very interesting place because outside of you know, uh, for the most part, Montana treated me well uh, in those regards, and 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 I I I actually feel like that you know, Montana made me into the man that I am now because I had to do a lot of changing and understand the world. And, and, and I opened my eyes of, of how other people view things and, and right or wrong. Um, it helped me understand what, you know, kind of the world a little bit more. Anthony Owens, our guest here, Mike Miller, State Farm Hotline. Coach, when you're an older, I mean, you're older and you're not, I don't want to say an angry black man, but that's what, excuse me, a lot of people are saying right now. What would you say to to the the generation younger than you with, I mean, protesting is okay. Protesting is great. It's our First Amendment right. The rioting, though, is not. And how would you now, 20 years removed from being a younger kid, talk to these kids now? You know... I don't know how I would because at the end of the day, I mean, as we, as I was growing up, I was never into uh, into rioting. Um, one again, I I always carried what my mom instilled in me as far as respect and and, uh, and and the things that I didn't want to do was end up in jail. And and what rioters are doing, I mean, that's stuff that can you know get you in jail. I you know again, I don't condone it. But at the same time, I can't tell a young person right now how to feel because I, I don't even know how to feel with this whole situation. You know, again, I'm proud of the fact that people are actually having the conversation. You have different races that are coming together and they're doing things together. And, and, and that's the part that I guess is, uh, you know, it's, you look at it and you're proud of. Uh, it's hard for me to tell a young person how to carry themselves because they've been in this world, you know, 18 years and they've seen the same things that I've seen mm. and I've been in it 38. And the difference is, is now maybe the voice is being heard more. I, I, I can't tell you that. So for me, I, 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 it's hard to address a younger person on what they should or shouldn't do. I know what's right and wrong, just like with the police uh, brutality stuff it's a right or wrong thing. And, and, and for young people, you know, you should be doing the right thing, but at the same time, you want your voice to be heard. You're tired of the same situations happening over and over. And, and I think the biggest thing is, is, is the fact that not only these things are happening, but a lot of times they're not being convicted and they, they get a chance to walk while someone either dies or someone's in jail for no reason. And, and I think that's, the, that's the issue that, uh, that comes with all this. And that's why young people are, are where they're at right now with their wits ends and not dealing with this, uh, or they're going to deal with it in their, in the way that they know how. Coach, we've seen the silent, you know, marches with, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King back in the sixties. We've seen, you know, and then the opposite end of it, the spectrum where we've seen burning down of police buildings and, and looting and, and rioting and, and unfortunate incidences all across. Nothing has worked. How can we help get the word out and, and fix this? Because, you know, legislation is going to be needed, like, you know, people have talked about. But as a white person, how can I help? 
You know, uh, that's a great question, Jason. Um, for me, again, I think a lot of it becomes, you know, the discussion of, you know, the we all have our political parties that, and I'm not a politician by any means. I'm not, I'm not into it. Uh, uh, but, you know, the people that we're, we're voting for, we, we just, we vote for people because of the party. We don't vote for them because of their views and, and what they stand for. And that's, that's a, that's another big reason why we're in the position we're in right now. And, you know, again, I'm not a political person, but, the, the 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 leader that we have right now and uh, president, it started right there, and it's not it's not the fact that uh, that he just is. I, I wouldn't say he's just straight up racist, but just the comments that come out of his mouth and the disrespect that he has, not just for racists, but but women and and just even how all this even started and. And I think that's where the big problem becomes. And until we until we address that, until we we have so many things we have to address for this to become right. And and uh, you know, and let's start with let's make America great again. You know, when has America ever been great? America's been it's it's a great place to live. You have some freedom, but as a as a black man, and and I can honestly say this, I've I've done everything to survive. It's not like I go out and I'm you know, I'm just living this great life. I do things to survive and make sure that my family is is uh, is good. And and uh, but I always have watched my surroundings. I've always carried myself in a respectful way. I think that you know, even when I was a coach in the Frontier Conference, you know, I I made my teams carry themselves in a way that I I would conduct myself in an everyday setting and. And, and, uh, I had to do that. And I, I felt I had to do that because you only, I felt you only get one chance at this thing. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that Columbia Basin has taken a chance on me and given me a head coaching opportunity again. But that's, that's what you feel as a black man is you get one chance. And, and, uh, is it right or wrong? I don't, I mean, only the people who are in those positions can answer that. And, uh, but I know as a black man, you have to make sure you carry yourself a little bit higher and a little bit, you got to dress a little bit better than that next man. And you have to do, you know, you try, you have to try to be better than the next guy there. It can't be even or else you're going to lose every single time. Coach, you've mentioned a couple of times about how we need change as far as, you know, uh, in the justice system. How do we get that? How do we go uh, about getting that change? Again, I, I really think that it, it will really start if if you hold accountability. And, and again, if if uh, if I'm a police officer and I go out and I get convicted of, of murder or second degree murder or manslaughter, then that should be double than what the civilian uh, gets. Uh, if 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 um, you know, I have a police department. I should have uh, independent workers coming in and, and investigating and making sure that we're doing everything that we're supposed to be doing the right way. Uh, it's just like everything else um, in coaching or in, in institutions. They have people come through and check and, and audit and make sure that everything is running smoothly like it's supposed to. And, you know, in coaching, they have compliance that makes sure that everything is going how it's supposed to. Now, some of those have coaches that are, that are in-house and, and, and that's how 
a lot of a lot of institutions end up getting in trouble. But for the most part, most institutions are held at a higher stand at a higher standard. Most coaches are held at a higher stand at a high standard. And that's the th- same thing with police officers. They should not have an in-house, um, an in-house person investigating uh, what's going on in, inside the department, whether it's a, a murder or just a arrest that, you know, because there's a lot of guys in prison that should not be in prison. And, you know, until we get that, that it won't, it won't change. You can change the Constitution all you want. You can change how many years because at the end of the day, you know, a, a man gets to make the decision on how many years you get, 10, 15, 20. And until that changes to where it's not a, a systematic thing, we're not going to have a whole lot of change in my opinion. Coach, can you stick around for another segment? Yes, sir. All right, Anthony Owens joining us, the Columbia Basin coach. We're going to continue our dialogue on race relations. And uh, when we come back, I want to get his thoughts on uh, some of the protests. And I got more questions but I want to listen some more, and uh, he's one of the best. Uh, he, he'll talk your ear off about anything, really. Uh, but Coach Owens will join us, uh, continue to join us when we come back here, right uh, here on the Jason Walker Show. This last segment brought to you by our friends at Rutgers Furniture. Junior's anniversary month at Rutgers Furniture, and you won't believe the savings you'll find on the largest selection of home furnishings in Helena. At Rutgers, you'll find sofas, sleepers, recliners, reclining sofas, leather, bedroom, dining room, occasional tables, entertainment consoles, Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in town, and more. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. For great values on new looks for your home, shop the anniversary sale at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Junior's anniversary month. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Father's Day is coming fast, and what more would that great dad in your life want than a full detail from Auto Concepts? Or maybe he would just prefer a lift kit. It's also camping season, and now is the perfect time to outfit that rig with a winch just in case. Auto Concepts is your home for everything for your vehicle, including updating your car stereo system, too. Auto Concepts also has gift certificates for dad or yourself. Visit AutoConceptsHelena.com. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Do you love to look at photos of Montana from animals to landscapes and more? Are you looking for a place to get your senior pictures or family portraits done? Are you a business owner looking to upgrade the decor in your offices? Well, look no further than Mark LaRoe Photography. 
Mark has been shooting beautiful photos all across the Treasure State from rodeos to portraits and would love to work with you. Visit MarkLaRoePhotography.com to see many masterpieces of his work. Then give him a call to schedule your own photo shoot. Or to purchase one of his fantastic pieces, stop by Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery on Custer in Helena. MarkLaRoePhotography.com Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Welcome back, Jason Walker Show. This segment brought to you by Mark LaRoe Photography. Your senior portraits, your family portraits. You need to get booked now. I know it sounds weird, but if you also want to check out, oh my gosh, Mark has unbelievable, unbelievable product. And uh, in fact, hanging over my left shoulder right now is uh, the su- is sunset over the Rocky Mountain front. You, uh, where the sun is, right about there is where Augusta is. This is the Sun River down here. I forget the name of that mountain, but uh, com, and he does great stuff. Not just landscapes like this. Rodeo, equine, farm life, ranch life. Check it out. Get it done. Uh, com. All right. We're going to uh, continue our discussion here with the head coach of Columbia Basin. His uh, name is Anthony Owens. He is uh, a great, great guy. And uh, one of my true um, favorites that I ever got to work with in the uh, Frontier Conference. And uh, Coach, uh, Columbia Basin, uh, is that D3? That's junior college. Oh, it is a JC. Okay. Yes. And Tri-City, so what, Pendleton? um, It is uh, Pasco, Richland, and uh, uh, Kennewick. Kennewick. Yeah, Pendleton's right before that, right? They make good whiskey, I'm told. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would know. Coach <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Owens, um, I want to continue this discussion on on race relations. Um, the the hashtag Black Lives Matter, and I asked uh, you know Ife Kalajaya this yesterday. Uh, what about the hashtag All Lives Matter? And let me get your thoughts on that, and and, and take it from there. Yeah, you know when the Black Lives Matter came out. Um, you know, one of the biggest platforms we have right now, and that's this is probably it's it's one of the reasons why we're in the position we're in right now, social media. And what you have, what you have when Black Lives Matter is everyone who had opinions of all lives matter, and there was never a time when uh, it was said that only Black Lives Matter. Uh, Black Lives Matter came because there was uh, black lives being taken at a, a high rate mm-hmm. um, by police and by people of other, you know, of other races uh, for no reason. And so that's why the Black Lives Matter thing came out, uh, movement came out. And again, it, it, it never went towards all lives matter because I believe that in this in this country, all lives should matter. But the problem is, is that black men, especially, and, and you can't leave out black women, but black men especially have been looked down upon, and so they, you know, decided to take a you know a stand and and create a movement that people did not like at first when it first started. It and, and now it's growing conversation because of the whole Floyd. Uh, killing 
it's growing a conversation because of it. And I think now people kind of understand a little bit more of why it was Black Lives Matter and not All Lives Matter at the time. Uh, again, everybody knows all lives matter. You know, it's not just uh, Black lives that matter. But this is a movement and this is a time that I think Black people were trying to get the sisters and brothers of other races to come with them and understand what we were going through at the time. And, and it, it, it took this, which is unfortunate because it took someone's life for us to understand this. But now I think the movement is actually going in a positive direction and um, right now. Anthony Owens, our guest here uh, via the Zoom on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Coach, there is a statistic from the Washington Post uh, that was been floating around a lot in the last couple of weeks, and that is last year police deaths uh, of unarmed men. Uh, white males were 19, and there were nine black deaths. It's, to me, 28 too many, and then you know, there was Hispanic and, and other races in there as well. Um, one is too many. Right. But what what do you say to people who throw that? And I'm not throwing a stat at you. I'm just, this is a fact from the Washington Post, and I don't know if you saw it or not, but that was the stat. And and why, are, why focus on the nine instead of the 41, for instance? You know, that's a good question. Uh, uh, why focus on that? I think that right now, you know, I didn't know about the stat, um, but I think that what has happened is you uh, is you've caught these individuals on tape, mm. and these are the same guy. You know, like the one in I think it was Oklahoma. I can't remember everybody's name. I'm, uh, I'm bad with that, but you know, he steps out of the car, and you see this on TV, and his hands are up, and he gets shot. He gets gunned down, uh, and I think. I think what happens, though, with all this, and, and Jason, you know, help me, correct me if I'm wrong uh, from your view, but as a black man, when you see, um, you know, guy, uh, young individuals who go into a school or a church and they come out alive and, and at that rate, and then you see a black man who comes out and has his hands up, I think that, you know, the discussion becomes there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why that, that, that statistic is right there. Because uh, you said, what, 19 and 9? Yeah, 19. Yeah, yeah, white. Last year, 19 whites were killed. Unarmed whites were killed by police, nine blacks. Yeah, so, I yeah, I did not know that statistic at all. Yeah, and that's from the Washington Post, which is not, you know, known as a um, conservative-type paper, so... Um, Anthony Owens, our guest here. Now, I'm not, you know, not going to, you know, we're not going to turn this political at all, like you said at the beginning, um, and and thankfully for that. But, you know, that's just one thing. And I, I'm playing, I don't want to say I'm playing devil's advocate because I, you know, I do support, but it feels like I'm not doing enough for my black friends, for the black community. And I'm not one of those guys that goes, you know, look, I've got black friends. I, I do. But, I want to be able to do more. Tell me how to do more to help the black community. I think, you know, I think that uh, to help the black community, give give a young man, you know, and, and I don't know what all you do, Jason. I know um, you do broadcasting and, 
And in my opinion, someone like yourself, give them a voice, give them a chance, because a lot of times um, you don't have that opportunity. And that's, that's where it starts, to be honest. Um, you know, if, if you're going up against, if it's white and black, a lot of times, it's not the, it's not the uh, black man that's going to get the job. And so I think that if you, if you're able to give them an opportunity, um, that start, you know, that's a start right there. I think that if you're able to help educate, uh, which that's, you know, for me, I've, I've lived under a different scope. Uh, I had a, a white gentleman who put me through school my first uh, year of college. You know, he made sure that I was going to school. He made sure that I, um, when my mom was struggling, he made sure that my, me and my sisters had things to make or made sure my mom had enough to give to me and my sisters. Um, he made sure when I was in college that I didn't want for anything. And that was an individual that, you know, I, I played high school basketball with his son, but he didn't have to do any of that. And he still to this day uh, helps me out in those regards if I needed it. Uh, when I took over at Providence, I called him and and, and uh, was right away wanted uh, money for fundraising, and he was willing to open his open his uh, checkbook just like that, uh, just because. And and uh, and so I think when you give uh, African Americans those opportunities right there, that's that's a way to help. That's a you know uh, a push in the right direction is a way to help. I want to ask you this, and I've I've never asked this before of of anybody. We have Asian American, African American, you know, Irish American. If we're all American, why do we throw the the other countries involved or in front of that? If that makes any sense. Yeah. Again, I I couldn't answer that question for you. Um, I know that for me. You know, I'm a pri- my ancestors are from Africa and uh, and we're Americans. And so for me, I'm proud to be able to say I'm African-American. Uh, and, you know, that's where they were from. I'm American. We're African-Americans. And I think that's where that comes from. Um, you know, and, and again, that's just my mindset. I don't know what anyone else would say on that. But that's what I would say is, you know, I want to carry my, you know, my tradition of my ancestors. Uh, and, and where they were from, and and and, uh, and so that's that for me. I would I would continue to carry that African American with me no matter what. Well, I appreciate you answering that because I, I've always wanted to know that, and not just a, a racial thing, just in general. If we live in America, and you know, I I kind of I mean, growing up in Montana, Native American instead of Indian was always you know how it was phrased, and 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 I just you know it's that. Am I offending somebody if I call them Indian or call them black? You know, and, and so I just want to, you know, where I'm going with that. Oh yeah, I do. Okay, I do. And and I, like I said, I think, and I, I think, you know, when you talk to most races, they're gonna they're gonna say the same thing. I think most people are proud of their races, uh, and they're proud of their their heritage and and history, and and you want to carry that with you. And so, therefore, I think you're gonna get you would get that with all races if if you ask them that question. Anthony Owens, our guest here, Jason Walker Show. Uh, a couple final questions, and, and this one might be a tough one, but what happened to George Floyd, murder, and absolutely just, I, I can't even find the words to describe it, terribly wrong. 
But what would you say then, Coach, to, you know, because it hasn't gotten a lot of media coverage from anybody, really, is the 77-year-old retired black police officer who was helping out and was shot in cold blood and murdered um, during these last couple of weeks and other, you know, cops that have been shot and, and, and injured, whether they're white, black, oriental, doesn't matter. Um, the focus was on George Floyd as it should have been, but now too many other killings are happening in the name of George Floyd, and I think that's wrong. I think it's, I definitely think it's wrong. Uh, and, you know, again, I think that, you know, just like cops, just like people, you're going to always have bad apples uh, amongst a group. And, you know, what a lot of people are doing right now is taking advantage of an opportunity to act out in a way that they would not act out uh, if it was just a regular day and this wouldn't have happened two weeks ago. Uh, and it's and it's not and it's not African Americans or it, it's all races that are doing this. Uh, the looting is is all yep. racist. Yep. And again, a lot of these people aren't for the cause. They're for you know they're for the cause, but for the wrong reasons. Um, and I, I think if you you know listen to Floyd's family, they did that. They wanted peaceful. Uh, they did not want anything like you know rioting and looting and all that for, you know, in his name, because, you know, again, he was a, uh, from my understanding, I don't know him personally, but it sounded like he was a, a, a good human being and people liked him. And so, you know, they didn't want anything. They didn't want violence and all this and deaths uh, in his name. And, not, and and a lot of people have said he wouldn't want that either. Mm. And so I, I just think that people are taking advantage of the situation uh, and, 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 and seeing a uh, when we're all um, at a time when we're all uh, I can't even think of the word right now, but uh, vulnerable. Right. We're all vulnerable right now, and, and and so they're taking a chance to or taking an opportunity to uh, kind of take away from Floyd's death and and our positive movement and turn it into a negative deal. I'm going to let our uh, listeners on Treasure State Radio go. If you want to catch the rest of this conversation, we're going to extend a little bit here with Coach Anthony Owens. You can uh, go online later. You can go online to Facebook or Network One Sports, Podbean, also uh, YouTube and Twitter, uh, or you can catch it out on JasonWalkerShow.com after the show. But we'll let our Treasure State Radio folks uh, uh, bail out, and uh, we continue our conversation here with Anthony Owens. And um, I, I keep asking, you know, how we can change. Colin Kaepernick uh, tried four years ago and, you know, kneeling during the national anthem, Drew Brees, his comments this week. Um, do you think Drew Brees is ignorant and doesn't get it? Or is there a way that we can agree that I, I it's hard for me to ask to, to say kneeling is bad but how else are you going to get the attention if you're Colin Kaepernick? Right. I get, you know, I get where Drew Brees was coming from. Uh, I, I understand what he was trying to say. Uh, Drew Brees probably said it at the worst time you could say something like what he said. Um, he probably said it at the wrong time. And, and this is this is the time that if you say the wrong thing, you're going to get a lot of flack about it. Mm. 
Um, and I, th- I think that's the case of Drew Brees. If, if, if Drew Brees said this last year, I, I just don't think a whole lot of would have came of it, you know. But now is a time where there's a movement happening. Uh, and I think, again, I think it's a positive thing that's happening. But y- you have a lot of – you finally have the NFL guys speaking up. You have the, the superstars speaking up. And and I think this is a time where Drew Brees have to stick with his brothers and sisters and not a, a flag. And I think that that's – that's the message that was, you know, that's, uh, he missed is it, right now it's not about the flag. You know, one, there's no, there's no professional sports going on. So there's no kneeling going on right now. Mm. Uh, and so it's not about the flag. Uh, it's about uh, a death of an individual and the treatment of African-American men and women and the killings of African-American men and women and, I think he missed that big time, and and that's where he gets the flag from. Okay, um, I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's a racist guy. Um, I think that he's just uh, he just missed it on that one. Anthony Owens, our guest here, Jason Walker show via the Zoom on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Um, it, it's just it, it's it's so disheartening to see this country. And what it's become, and I, you know, I, I posted a, 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 I don't want to say it's a meme, but it was a, a meme. Um, but it said, "Look, I'm not just mourning for. I can't mourn for just George Floyd. I'm mourning for the entire country." Thoughts on that? Because I took a lot, I took a lot of heat of that from you know my cousin who's half Mexican and his wife who were who is African American. Yeah, what'd you, and what did you say again? It was, I'm not mourning for just George Floyd. I'm mourning for my country. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, again, African Americans want everyone to understand what they go through on a daily basis. Uh, and so when you, when you, I think the reason you got the flag is because, again, it, it, it puts us all as a country, and it puts yeah. us... You know, you're saying you you feel bad for your country, and I'm guessing, and and help me if I'm wrong, you were kind of stating from the whole rioting and looting. Is that am I correct? Yeah, yeah, it was early this week. Yeah, and so, you know, the rioting and looting is a bad thing. Again, I I, I don't agree with it, but the killing of Floyd is worse. And because you know what? Floyd or the riot in Luton, we can rebuild. We can rebuild. It's been done before. Uh, but you cannot bring that individual back. And I think that's where, again, I, I think that's where you probably got the flack from that of, you know, African American is sitting here saying, well, this man just got killed, cold blood killed. I mean, yep. just we just watched that. Like, it's the most disheartening thing I've probably seen. Uh, in my 38 years of living, um, to sit there and watch that. Well, I appreciate that, and you know, I, I, you know, I took the post down because it just, you know, I after after talking with people, it, it, it made sense to not have it up anymore. So, um, you know, and I still can feel, and that's where I, I go back to one of my first questions was: Can is it all right to feel? 
terrible about what happened to George Floyd, but still at the same time be concerned about what's happening to my my country that I live in, which is the greatest country to me in the world. And you can. I mean, I, I, feel, I have the same the same thoughts that you have. I'm sure I have. I mean, as, again, I want change as, as, as bad as anyone because uh, I don't want my daughters to have to go through any of this mm-hmm. and, and uh, um, have to worry about anything because of the race that they are. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also worried about, you know, we're in a pandemic and yeah. we're, we're tearing our country up right now. And will we ever recover? You know, will we all just end up being here with, without any, I mean, I, I it's, it's a, it, it's definitely a stressful time to be in the, in, in this country because you don't know what's next. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do uh, in a time like this, because, Again, I, I, I am an African-American male. I have seen a lot of this stuff uh, before, but I haven't, I have not had to uh, deal with this in, I don't know, probably five, ten years, something like that. Uh, and so, you know, Jason, I really don't know what to say to you because <laughs> I, I have the same thoughts that you have Um but I, I know not to post those things. I know not to because at the end of the day, that man, you know, the change, the movement that we're making, I, I pray to God that, that it's a positive and it actually does happen. Uh, and, you know, we'll rebuild our country. Did you have any, when, when, when go back to Kaepernick real quick, because um, you had African-American players uh, on your teams at, at, at UGF and Providence, had, did any of them come to you and say, Coach, I want to kneel? No. Um, I, if I remember correctly, I think I had the conversation with my team uh, right away. Um, and, you know, for me, again, you have to – I always feel as a head coach i got to carry myself a certain way, and my team has to represent that as well. And so um, I actually sat down with my team, and I, I – kind of educated them. Montana was not the place to um, – that wasn't the platform or the place to do that. You're not, you're, you're not going to change anyone's mind in the, in the state of Montana when you're kneeling on the flag. Um, and, and I knew that. And so – but then Providence kind of came in and basically told us, I mean, your, your student-athletes aren't going to – you know, basically okay. not going to And so – I had already talked to my team anyway before all that, but uh, and 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 I asked them: is, is is does anyone have you know opposed to that? Do you have another reason why you should kneel? You know, because if if you do, get it to me and and, and we'll talk about it. But I just didn't feel Montana was the place to you know to do that at, at the NAI level. You know, it's just. Um, if anything, you're going to bring distraction to your team, if, if, if anything, distraction to that individual. Which, to me, Coach, is sad because in Montana we live in a bubble where we can't have this discussion four years ago. Um, you know, I, I, I started the show out today by saying, look, if you're uncomfortable hearing about this stuff, then don't watch. I don't want you to follow the Jason Walker show because, to me, and I'm not going to call anybody racist, but if you don't want to have this conversation and hear this conversation, then something's wrong with you. And to me, that's wrong. If, if you felt personally that Montana was not the place to, 
to talk about something four years ago or even today. Uh, coach Anthony Owens joining us here as the head coach at Columbia Basin. What will you tell your team or have you already uh, about what's going on across the country and how to conduct themselves and, and how to act, act out and ask questions? Yeah, I haven't talked. I mean, I haven't had a discussion with my team uh, this year uh, so far. Just one, because I don't even know if we're going to play. Well, yeah. uh, two, uh, you know, I haven't gotten a chance to meet with them. I think this is a discussion that needs to happen in person. Um, I don't think that Zoom is the is the right platform to have that discussion because I want. Um, one, I want individuals to be right there with each other. I want uh, everybody's undivided attention. I want everybody to uh, be able to or be comfortable enough to either speak up um, if it gets emotional to be able to walk out. Uh, but I also want to know, like, what people are actually feeling. And I think in Zoom, you can lose that message and guys can come in and out of video and, uh, and, and, and they just get distracted in a lot of things. And so... That's not something that I'm going to discuss over Zoom with the guys. If, if someone wants to call me in talk about it individually, I will. Uh, but, yeah, over Zoom, I, I, I'll leave that alone right now. Um, you brought up the fact that you don't know if you're even going to have a basketball season, and we're still, you know, getting close to football season. We don't even know if we're going to have a football season. Um, is it a real concern that, that basketball won't happen in the, in the winter? Uh, I think that, I mean, it's, it's a, I think it's a big concern. Um, I wouldn't say a big concern. I just think that there's a concern that it might not happen. Um, you know, it, for the safety of these kids, I want to do whatever is safe for them. Um, you know, basketball is a, is something that it's an outlet that I've been able to get away from as a coach, as a player. Um, and, and I love every aspect of it, but I want to make sure that my players are safe. I want to make sure that they're able to, uh, perform at a high level without having to worry about what could come or what you know what could not come of of it all. So uh, I don't I don't have a big concern either. We're going to have a season or we're not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to say it. I mean, and you're always cut and dry. That's what I've always loved about you, Coach Owens. Um, with the pandemic, you brought this up the the COVID nineteen. We've got all the the. The protesting going on, people are, you know, shoulder to shoulder. I think we're going to see more outbreaks. I think in, in what really scares me, Coach, is when students come back to campus in August, they're not coming from just, you know, like in Montana. They're not coming from Fort Benton or, or you know, Centerville. They're coming from everywhere. And same thing with the Tri-Cities. They're not coming from just Kennewick, Pasco, and and Richland, they're coming from literally all across the country. And I think we're going to see a big explosion. I hate to say that because if there's no football, volleyball, soccer season, I don't know if we can have a winter sports season either. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm a big – and, again, I try not to get into politics too much. Um, I think that us as the United States right now, we are kind of easing each other – we're easing everyone into being able to contract the uh, COVID-19, in, in my opinion, because everything's opening up. Uh, cases is not like cases are dramatically down. Uh, we're just opening things up. And so I think what they're doing, and, and I could be wrong, I'm just, you know, going through my brain of what, what I feel is going on. And, 
and they're opening things up so that we can all uh, become immune to it. And, you know, if you're someone that has conditions, uh, you, you know, you probably shouldn't come out as much. Uh, if you're older, you probably shouldn't come out as much. I think that's they're going in that direction. I think it's Sweden who did it or, or is doing it, and I think they're following that, uh, that model. Uh, and so, you know, right or wrong again, I don't know. Uh, I just know I can't stay cooped up in the house all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you uh, you uh, you don't probably make enough as a JC coach or an NAIA coach to to put a hoop up in your house, so it's got to go outside somewhere. <laughs> Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Hey, so I got to ask you a couple of fun questions real quick. Um, okay. Favorite game you coached against Carroll? Ooh, uh, favorite game? Probably the last one that I probably the last one that I had. Um, and we won at at Great Falls. Carroll had it. Had, they had the last shots to win and miss, and they kept missing. I think they got like three or four offensive rebounds. <laughs> like, oh my goodness! Uh, and so, yeah, that was that was probably my favorite game uh, against Carroll. Do you stay in touch with any of the uh, Frontier coaches? Uh, I talked to I talked to Adam and uh, Bill Drykos, and those are the two guys that reach out to me. Uh, I've talked to Renta a couple times and. And Kurt Polson will hit me up every once in a while. Well, they're all looking for players now that you're at a JC. Yeah. <laughs> well, those guys were hitting me up before I got to JC. <laughs> Everybody wants players to win in the frontier, and you know how tough it is. I do have to say this. And like I said, you're one of my all-time favorite coaches, uh, not only just in the frontier that I've worked with but ever in my career, but you might be the sharpest-dressed coach that the that the frontier and maybe the NAI has ever seen. Well, I know it's not the NAI because uh, down south those guys get dressed. Well, up. that's that is true. Those LSU Shreveport and Alexandria guys, their coaches are yeah, yeah. But I mean, what I said earlier is, is I wanted to carry myself in the frontier, and and I was at a younger age. I'm I mean, I'm only 38 now, but I'm at a point in my career where. Uh, you know, I'm not chasing Division One as much now, and, uh, anything like that. But again, you have to carry yourself uh, in a more professional way than your colleague because you're not on an even platform, in my opinion. And so that's what I always did: is made sure I just carried myself in a in a in a different way. And um, you know, suits are fun and everything, but if I could, I'd just wear sweats. <laughs> So you like those coaches for cancer games? Are you gonna wear sneakers and? Oh, I love this! I love this. <laughs> wish you could have more. There you go. Um, all right. So, favorite coach in the frontier to coach against? Ooh, uh, I don't know, man. They're all uh, they're all tough to coach against. They're all they're all funny in their own little ways. Um, you know, because you look down there and you're coaching against Hughes and he's throwing a temper tantrum. <laughs> he's throwing a temper tantrum. So uh, I think Hughes is the funniest, though. <laughs> <laughs> he takes his jacket off, like, real early. Yeah, he takes his jacket off. Kind of, like, goes off, but he doesn't, like, he's not, like, 
he just goes off for us for a minute. And but he was, yeah, he takes his jacket off and he like, yeah, he, he's a little, he's a little extra. With it. Uh, favorite gym other than our uh, McLaughlin to coach in in the frontier? Uh, oh, Northern for sure. Really? Why? Because of the crowd? Crowd, yeah, the atmosphere. Just I like the old school gyms. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I mean, outside of the city, I love, I love the, I love the gymnasium. <laughs> wow. See, you're not going to get in trouble for, for saying that because you're not in the, the league anymore. Um, right. <laughs> and, you know, if you were, you wouldn't have to make that trip to LC anymore, which is nice, too. I know, but now you're only playing, what, five teams? No, there's still have uh, – yeah, yeah, that's right. There's only six teams now. It's nuts. Yeah, so, yeah. 15-game conference schedule. Did you – were you – so was your last year the first year of the 18-game conference schedule? No, my third year was the first year of the 18. Okay, when you played like twice again at LC and. Uh. Would you rather go to Haver or Lewiston? Haver. <laughs> it smells better. Haver, <laughs> for sure. Even when it's negative 40. Yeah, there you go. With wind. <laughs> With wind. That was my last time going to Haver. It was, oh. negative, it was like negative 30. Yep. Man, and I'm just sitting there like, why am I coaching right now? <laughs> this, is not, this is not healthy right here. <laughs> yeah, but you're coaching in a gym. Yeah, but you have to walk to that gym. That is true. <laughs> it was like the longest walk you've ever had. Wait, they didn't drop you off down below? No, they drop you off at the top, and you got to walk up the sidewalk to the uh, gym. And so oh. yeah, that's well, your bus driver was wrong then, because when we rode with Carol, they would drive us all the way down to, like, the training room entrance, and you walk up the steps, so you, you're outside for two seconds. Yeah, no, they didn't do that. <laughs> we, we, we want to make our team tougher, so we... Started. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. All right, final, uh, final question. Favorite guy to coach against in the Frontier? Favorite, favorite guy to coach against? Yeah. Um, I don't know, probably, you know, probably Keller. Um, well, no, no, the player, I'm sorry, player. Oh, player? Yeah. Uh, shoot. You saw some pretty good ones. Yeah, you know who I, the one I really liked is, uh, I forgot his little, uh, this is a kid from Carroll, the guard. Oh, Zach Taylor? Taylor. Yeah. Uh, you know, to sit and watch him, uh, uh, just how he would destroy your team, no matter what kind of game plan you put, you know, on him or for him, um, you know, to sit him play, watch him play the game and, and just make the right reads every single time. And I mean, it, it was just, it's, it's lovely as a coach to watch. You hate it as, as an opponent, but right. to watch it as a coach, you're just like, man, how can I get somebody like him? And then. You know, and then Dom comes along, and he's about oh. the same. Those two guys right there yeah. uh, are the two of my, you know, they're the two favorites that, that I watch and love watching or playing against in the Frontier. They were pretty good. Uh, I hate playing against them, but I love playing against right. them. Right. No, no, I know what you're saying. Um, we, we, I miss you in the Frontier, Coach. I mean, I'm not doing Carroll games anymore after getting, you know, fired, but um, miss you in the Frontier and uh, miss you in Montana because uh, I miss our conversations. We had some good ones over the years. 
Well, we can still have those conversations. I'm, I, uh, I don't miss the frontier. Uh, as far as <laughs> travel and the three games, and uh, I do miss a lot of the coaches. Yep. Uh, I miss the, uh, you know, I miss the atmosphere of, of the frontier games. But you know, I'm 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 very happy where I'm at. <laughs> yes, yes, you are, uh, and that shows on your face, and you can hear it in your voice, Coach. Um, thank you for. Uh, for letting me reach out and have this discussion because I think it's an important dialogue. And uh, like I said, you were always one of my favorites. And, uh, like, you know, just enjoyed chatting with you uh, over the years. And today it was, it's was it been uh, in, in an eye-opener for me. Well, thank you, Jason. And uh, thank you for having me, uh, allowing me to voice my, give my, you know, give my platform to voice my opinion. And, um, you know, I really hope that we, as a as a country, move in the right direction. And, and uh, I'm not asking for a lot, but just equality. Coach, we appreciate it. Uh, take care. If there's anything ever on your mind you want to discuss, feel free to hit me up, and uh, we'll throw you on. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Say hi to the family. We'll talk to you soon. You do the same. That is uh, Coach Anthony Owens joining us on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline via the Zoom. And uh, what a great guy. Great coach. Um, fantastic, fantastic uh, uh, guy. He, he's a good coach. He's a better person. And I mean that. He's, uh, like I said multiple times, one of my all-time favorites uh, for sure uh, to, to talk with in the frontier. Uh, this last segment uh, brought to you by our friends at Rutgers Furniture, or uh, Mark LaRoe Photography, rather. First se- Second segments, Rutgers Final segment, Mark LaRoe. I'll get it right one of these days. Uh, not used to it. Uh, appreciate you um, as well, the listeners, for hanging out the last uh, couple of days. And, again, if it's a conversation that makes you uncomfortable, good. I hope it did, and I hope it put some thoughts into your head. Um, this is a, a conversation that needs to happen more, in, in my opinion. And if it comes up to where I can ch- and, and bring somebody on the show to have more Dialogue, I'm going to. And if you can't handle it, I'm sorry, and that's on you. So, said my piece on that. All right, let's get to um, On This Day in History. And I know we've gone long the last couple of days, but, hey, it's important. Uh, On This Day brought to you by the Motherlode. It is June the 5th. It is National Donut Day. I should ask Coach's favorite donut. That's what I should have done. National Gingerbread Day, National Moonshine Day as well. Uh, on this date in 1851, how prophetic. On the, this date in 1851, the anti-slavery novel Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe was first published. 1925 at the U.S. Uh, Men's Open Golf, Willie McFarland, the Scotsman, beat Bobby Jones in a second 18-hole playoff, his only major title. 1937, 69th Belmont, Charlie Kurtzinger aboard Ward Admiral would win. War Admiral, a triple crown winner. 1943 at the 75th Belmont, Johnny Longden aboard Count Fleet, another triple crown winner, won the Belmont on this date. 1952, Jersey Joe Walcott beat Ezard Charles in 15 for the heavyweight boxing title. It's the first event that was televised across the country. Uh, 1955, New York Yankee Mickey Mantle hit a 550-foot home run. 1957. We talk about steroids and HGH in sports today. 1957, on this date, New York narcotics investigator Dr. Herbert Berger urges the American Medical Association to investigate the use of stimulating drugs by athletes. 
Think about how far back that is. Uh, in this day, 1968, Sirhan Sirhan shot uh, Bobby Kennedy, who passed away the next day in L.A. 1970, K-Pax Television, Channel 8 in Missoula, began its broadcasting career. F- uh, what is that, 50 years ago today? Happy 50th, K-Pax. wonder if they even know. Now, yeah, uh, happy birthdays today, 1850. Pat Garrett allegedly shot Billy the Kid. Allegedly. 1878, Pancho Villa was born. Uh, Pancho and Lefty, the song. But he was also, a, more importantly, a Mexican revolutionary general and guerrilla leader. Uh, happy birthday, Mark Wahlberg, born in this date in 1971. Played um, um, Invincible, the Vince Papaya. Uh, pa- yeah, you know what I'm talking about. In uh, Invincible, the movie. Uh, in 1993, Conway Twitty passed away. Uh, died in surgery on this date in uh, 1993. He was 59. I was on my senior sneak trip to Lagoon in Salt Lake when Conway Twitty died. Sad, sad news. Um, and 2004, perhaps the greatest American president ever, Ronald Reagan, passed away um, at 93. 40th U.S. president. He was a great actor, too. So there is uh, On This Day in History brought to you by the Motherload Sports Bar, Casino and Restaurant. Make sure you get in experience some fantastic food, gambling, and just camaraderie. Motherload Sports Bar, Casino and Restaurant. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. Well, it was a great week. Uh, we learned today Anthony Owens still a, a man of uh, comedic uh, or comedy. I love Coach Owens. Good luck out at Columbia Basin. Um, he's going to do well out there. He's a good, he's a good dude. Um, the last couple of days have been um, eye opening, but it's a conversation that I felt needed to happen in this not only in, in, here on the show but in this state. And like I said earlier, if you can't handle it, that's on you. Great guest this week, uh, Anthony Owens, um, Ife Kalajaya yesterday, Miss Rodeo Montana, Katie Lynn Krause. By the way, I think I found a spot we're going to hang the Miss Rodeo Montana sash. I think we're going to put it, um, it's going to decorate the mic. How's that right there? I think that's going to where we're going to end up with it. Um, Katie Lynn Krause, Sean Mergel, Kevin Tenney joining us, Wade Sankey earlier in the week. Seems like it was a month ago that we talked to Wade Sankey. It wasn't. Oh, speaking of which, let me get to uh, the, the some pretty good news. This is good. The uh, two great news. The National High School Rodeo Finals couldn't be held in Nebraska, so moving to Lazy E Arena in Guthrie, Oklahoma this year. It'll be uh, July 17th through the 23rd at Lazy E. And great news. The Cody Stampede is back after being canceled last week in Wyoming on June the 23rd. Have a great weekend.